Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 235. This week, we're talking with Jacob about stepping out in boldness and the reality of lostness. Everywhere I go, going to Walmart for grocery store, going, you know, stopping at a gas station, you're looking for the opportunities to pray for someone, I'm sure the gospel is someone. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We provide ways for you to hear a message, make connections and take action. I'd also like to mention that I would absolutely love to see more missions and church planting focused podcasts out there. There are quite a number, but I'd love to see more. If you're interested in launching a podcast, send an email to me at feedback at engagingmissions.com. I would love to see if there's something that I can do to help you get a podcast out there on one of these topics specifically. This week, we're going to be talking about stepping out in boldness, as well as the reality of lostness. Before we do that, though, I would like to say a quick welcome to Dan, Kurt, Tina, Gregory, Christopher, and Caleb, who all recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. If you'd like to connect with us there, you can do that at facebook.com slash engagingmissions. I'm looking for ways to provide ways for you to hear messages, make connections, and take action. And here's something that might be valuable for you. I received this from Aaron, and he's talking about an upcoming event. It's a three-day event that's designed around missional training to help the local church grow in her heart for the nations and empower those that go to get involved here at home as well as around the globe. Their next event, and this is pretty time-sensitive, is early in August. It's August 10th through 12th in 2018 in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but they will have more events coming up in the in the next months and perhaps in the next years as well. You can find that at everywheretoeverywhere.org. That's everywhere, the number two, and everywhere.org. Or just visit the show notes, tap on your favorite podcast app until you get to the links, and you'll find a link for it right there. Just check that out. It might be worth your time. If you know of an event that might be of interest to people who are connected to Engaging Missions, I would love to have the opportunity to consider that for an upcoming episode. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I'm glad to take a look at that. Just be aware that it might take me as long as four to eight weeks to get that worked in, so make sure that you're ahead. But I, I would love to have the opportunity to share the events that you think might be valuable for us. Today, I am incredibly happy to have Jacob with me. We're going to be using just a first name today for security reasons. He's a student minister at a medium-sized church here in the U.S., and he planned to continue that ministry for years, but now we're discovering that God has different plans, and we're going to start talking about those today. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad to be here. 
Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I can't believe that I have the opportunity to chat with so many people that God's working in their lives. And I'm really excited to be talking to you as well today. Now, before we get too far into this, I'm really interested in starting out by talking about your origin story. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about how you came to faith? Yeah. So I, I grew up in a Christian family, very Christian, you know, uh, kind of the families that dad was an elder, as long as I remember, always in church, you know, every time the door was open, but was was blessed to grow up in a family like that, that showed me who Jesus was before I even knew who Jesus was. But I remember specifically how late middle school, early high school, I was reading, reading out the Bible for my for myself and reading in my own time. And I came across Matthew 24, 14. And that was something that I can remember kind of a change in my life where I read that pass that passage and it, it gave me a mission. It gave me a vision. You know, it gave me a goal. You know, the whole world hears and then Christ comes back and then, you know, he, he can return, that kind of thing. And that was something that that really interested me. I think that's where my heart started going toward missions. And I went to a CIY camp, a CIY conference in high school. And I came back and I went straight to my dad. I, I can't even remember what we we learned at CIY there, but I came back and it, it had such an impact on me. I said that I, I think I'm called to be a missionary. Now, that was just my initial, I think God's calling me into ministry. As, as the high school developed, I ended up going to Manhattan Christian College and, and getting a degree in youth ministry, a little bit of, of missions on the side because I, I still had that heart, but mm. I was just thinking more, let's do something here. Let's, you know, I, I have a passion for students as well. And and so that was my goal was get student ministry and, and work for as long as I can in student ministry. Well, got married in that process and, and moved to Tulsa where, where we're living now and where I'm a student minister. And, and more recently, God's just kind of laying on my heart. Well, let, let's do something. Let's do something more. Let's, you know, let, let's move overseas and, and start working with a, a group that doesn't know who I am. And so uh, that was something that, that God has just been laying on my heart recently and, and making it very obvious that that he's calling me there. Wow, that, that's really cool. I, I have to admit, though, I don't actually know what CIY is. Could you share what that okay. is? Yeah, sure. A Christ in Youth Conference. It's okay. a, a big, yeah, a big, big camp for, for high schoolers. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so I guess it, I'm starting to show my age. Multiple locations around the country, so I was fortunate to grab one of those. Cool. So as as we get started today... I'm just wondering if you could leave us with just one or two things, like if you could just open your heart and reach through the headphones and the microphone and just talk to us right now and leave us with just one or two thoughts, what would those be? Yeah, the biggest thing that I can come up with that I, that I pretty much tell everyone that I, that I meet is, is the more I read in the Bible, the more I read about Jesus, the more I realize how much he modeled for us and, and how much he expects from us as, as an ordinary Christian, you know, no one that necessarily even works at the church. I know I do, but he expects ordinary Christians to step up and start taking him to, to other people. Mm. I mean, that, that's, that's where, that's where my passion is, is it is time for, for Christians that have seemed to be laying down to stand up and start taking, taking the gospel where it needs to go. And that's not necessarily overseas. That could be in our backyard. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's it's really great to hear your heart in that. When did God start showing that to you? Yeah. So uh, really more recently, of course, I am in student ministry, but probably I've been in student ministry about four years and I could probably count on, on one hand how many times I've, I've shared the gospel with someone outside the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I do it for a living inside the church, but, but 
that just more recently, it was God had just laid it on my heart through various people that have come into my life that, that said, it's time for Christians to start stepping up. And, and I, I pushed back a little bit because it was not traditional Christianity. It was not traditional church. But once I started letting the Holy Spirit work, he really opened my eyes to, to what's necessary. And, you know, some statistics that really got me really thinking was statistics say that only 20% of people in the U.S. attend church weekly, leaving 80% that either are not following Jesus at all or not following him the way he asks us to. And, and 60% of those 80% oh, far from God won't even enter a church. And that could be because of a past experience or just they don't know church or whatever reason, but they won't even enter church. And, and so most Christians do not share the gospel outside of church. And so how are those, that group of people, the people who never enter church, how will they hear Jesus? And so that that question kind of lit up my mind for, for quite a while. How will they hear Jesus if, mm. if we aren't telling them? They aren't, they aren't coming to find him. So it's time for us, time for me to start stepping up and and taking Jesus to them. Yeah. How, how has that knowledge and that experience with God now begun to shape your life and what you're doing? Yeah, it, it, it definitely down to my DNA now. Mm. You know, everywhere I, everywhere I go, going to Walmart for grocery store, going, you know, stopping at a gas station, it's, you're looking for the opportunities to just share, pray, pray for someone, share the gospel with someone, you know, show Jesus by your actions, whatever it might be. If, when it's in your DNA, the opportunities are, are all the time, all, anywhere you are. And so I think the more that it's on my heart, the more opportunities I get, the more I can you know, share with people, the more I can pray with people. And that, that could be as far as it goes. It's just a, a simple prayer, but God, God works through amazing you know, interactions. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm loving this conversation. We're talking about following, basically, I think, following Jesus commands, right? And it's something that right. from time to time I struggle with as well. And I'm just wondering, have, has there ever been a time where in doing that, you've had to step out even maybe not fully understanding what God was calling you to do or why he was calling you to do it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really, the, here recently, I've been in student ministry. And like like I've been saying, he, he's starting to call, I mean, he, he is calling my wife and I overseas. And, and that was something I didn't expect. I, you know, I had this mission's heart, but, you know, I had told God my plan of, of staying in, staying in the country, doing youth ministry. And then either when I retire from student ministry or, you know, I, I'm done with students or whatever it might be, I get to the age, then missions. And, and so more recently he's saying, Hey, Hey, no, it's, it's time now. Now's the time for missions. And that was something that I wasn't necessarily ready for. You know, it's definitely out of my comfort zone course, staying in the U.S. Is, is a little more comfortable, but the importance of understanding that, that there are people out overseas that, that won't even have a chance to hear who Jesus is, really very much like some people here in the States, but even less of a chance because they don't have friends that are Christians. So it's time for, for people, Christians here in the States to go and, and tell them to. Yeah. Have you... Now, we've, we've been talking about a call toward a long-term missions assignment. You're currently involved in a church here. I'm wondering, over the years that you've been involved in some form of ministry, have you also been involved in either stateside or outside the U.S., some kind of short-term missions effort? Yeah, definitely. Through Cedar Ridge Christian Church, where, where I, I'm working right now, I've been able to go through to multiple short-term missions 
other countries, Mexico, Africa. I've been to India now for a short-term trip. But yeah, we've been able to experience quite a few of them. Yeah. How, how have those trips impacted your life? Yeah. Honestly, I've been able to see them evolve, which has been great. So the I, maybe in my mind for a long time, the short-term trip was, you know, go and build a house for someone, go and build a church, build something for someone, an orphanage, leave it with them, excitement, and maybe they're able to hear the gospel out of that. Maybe mm-hmm. they could see Jesus out of what we're building and, and you know, find Jesus that way. Another one was go and, and see what, you you know, we've been given to this this organization for umpteen years and, and we want to go and see what our money's gone to. But I've been able to slowly see it evolve on the trips that I've taken to. Now it is primarily a gospel sharing trip where we're going at truly as short-term missions where, where Jesus is being shared verbally, intentionally throughout the trip. And not just a trip where you go and you share and, and you find, you know, you, you find new converts that, that he's created and you leave but a trip where you're able to go and pour into nationals that are interested in, in planting churches that are interested in, in continuing Christianity. And you train them so that when you have all these new Christians, new believers, you don't just leave them behind. You leave people that are able to disciple. And yeah. so multiplication happens through the newer short-term mission trip that, I, that I'm able to see evolve that, over the last few years, for sure. Yeah, that, that's really cool. How do you think that those experiences on short-term trips will begin to inform this longer-term assignment in Asia? I, really, we had a recent recent trip to, to South Asia where we were able to pretty much do exactly what, what I will be, what my wife and I will, will be doing long-term. Mm-hmm. We were able to go and, and meet with non-believers at the time, share um, who Jesus is, share Jesus with them, and they accepted and during this whole process, we spent four days out doing this. And during this whole process, we were taking nationals along with us and teaching them the process of it, teaching them how, how to disciple, what it looks like, teaching them, you know, yeah, basically the process of discipleship so that when we stepped away, came back to the States, they continued. And, and I've been able to keep touch and see it multiply. I've been, I've been able to watch it, what we did in, in a week's time multiply over the last year since we've been I mean, that's the exact same thing that we plan on doing going long term. We're just going to be there longer, but we're going to be able to touch more cities, take nationals with us, train them in discipleship and, and release them to do it. Wow, that's cool. It's, it's almost like you're reading my mind here because I was one of the things I was going to ask is how, how you think it'll be different once you're a residential missionary, once you're <laughs> actually there and you, you hit right to that. So let, let's step back just a little bit because we've, we've kind of danced around this topic. You're currently involved in student ministry. You'd planned to be involved in that for a really long time, but now you've got a, a calling to to South Asia, something that God's done in this. And we've talked a little bit about how God's begun to reveal lostness to you and the, the command to share the gospel, some things like that. But I'm wondering, as you go back and you look at your story and you think about the way that God redirected you, is there a day or a, a period of time that you can point to when you can go, that's when God really started pointing me in this direction? I don't know of a day or time. I do know of a few months span. Okay. Yeah. So we were able, I was able to go on a, not, not a missions trip necessarily, but a, a vision trip to mm. South Asia where I was able to kind of meet some people that, that encouraged me, meet some people that I might be in, working with in the future and, and, and just a vision trip for our church 
a vision. And during that trip, I was able to truly see losses like, like I've never seen it before. And I've been to many, many countries and nothing was able to prepare, prepare me for what I saw when I entered the South Asia, the area where I was in South Asia. And, and it hit hard. You know, you could just feel, feel the lostness. I've never been able to feel lostness before, but being there, I could just feel it. And coming back, I, I don't know how else to describe it except for I, I truly had a different view of the, the Great Commission when he calls us to go. Mm. It was much more real to me. And I expected everyone that was with me on that trip had the same feeling I did that, that you know, we're called to be there, go where we just were. But after talking to the people on the trip, talking to people wiser than I am, I realized that not everyone felt that way. Not that they, you know, not in a negative way, but that was a more specific feeling that God had for me to, to, to feel more what I would, what I would say it was a calling mm-hmm. um, to go to that area that I was to go to that, that general area and, and begin sharing the gospel with them. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned that you could really feel the lostness. I, I have my, for myself, I have very limited experience with that. What does it, what does that feel like? Oh man, it's just, it's hard to describe. I just, it's just heavy. Hmm. I, I just remember just seeing a, a, I don't know, what was it? Like a couple miles stretch of just temples and this whole city of just temples where, where people, I mean, just Satan just lived. I mean, it was just obvious that no one had any clue who Jesus was. They were just worshiping these man-made things. And, mm. and that was something that, you know, it was just hard. It was just, it was just heavy. Like you just, I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it except for that. You just felt very heavy. Yeah. Very saddened. Did, th- did that, or, or how did that change your, your conversations with God about your life and about his, his perspective in the world? Yeah, I definitely started getting us closer because I meant, Feeling that, understanding that, seeing that that side of it, truly seeing a, a different side of spiritual warfare. You know, I really wanted to get closer with God. I really wanted to understand His plan for me at the time. So that brought our relationship better, closer together, and began this process over the last couple of years of, of yes, it is time for us to, to go overseas to South Asia. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of years, and that's one of the questions I, I sometimes wonder is, you know, how, how long does it take? for God to call you and then to, to move somebody, you or somebody else, and then move you to, to where it's actually time. How, how long has that timeline been for you? Is it just a couple of years or is there a, another timeline that goes with that? Yeah. So it, the, the trip that I was talking about where I came back feeling that calling was two years ago. Okay. So it's been a couple of years at that time. I still hadn't officially made any decision. So still working through that. Mm-hmm. About a year ago is when we, my wife and I officially announced the decision that we are moving. Okay. And so it's, it's been about a year in the process of, but for the last two years since then, we have been just preparing just in the preparation that we're doing is, is a strategy that works here in the States as well as overseas. So it, it wouldn't matter regardless if God did call us over or called us to stay, we'd be mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Is it... Is it okay if we talk about the timeline for you to prepare, or does that create security risk? No, that'd be fine. It'd be fine. So, so we're in, well, just about June as we're recording this here in the U.S. How long do you have before you're planning to, to actually make the transition? Yeah, so transition in January. And okay. so originally the idea was September, but 
you know, we told God our plans, you know, we were going in September, we're going to be here like this and this. And then God likes to show us that that he's in control. And he did that by blessing us with, with a baby. My mm. wife is now four months pregnant. So that's super, super exciting. First child. And it just has pushed our, our timeline back a little bit, a few months. But the plan still is there that, that he is calling us regardless. And he's just given us a little gift on the side. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, kids are kids are a huge blessing. It definitely changes <laughs> things. As you look forward a few months, landing in January, what do you think the first five six months are going to look like once you're actually on location? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I love that question, and I'm going to back up a little bit more and yeah. uh, kind of talk about the strategy that we're using because I think it plays a big part in my first six months to a year. So yeah. a, a strategy. That, that I've definitely found working is called a four-field strategy. I don't know much more terminology than that, but something that is based fully off Mark 4, 26 through 29, where we see the, the, the farmer sow the seed, goes to sleep, it, it rises on its own, and then, and then he harvests it and gathers it together. And, and that's the strategy we use straight out of the Bible, where we go, go to new fields where they haven't heard, share the gospel, cast the seed, you know, disciple, let the seed grow, disciple and and then harvest by gathering it into church. And so that's something that we've started doing here locally, and it works exactly the same internationally. Mm. So nothing changes strategy-wise that I've been doing for the last two years, I'm going to do over there. The, the only thing that could possibly change would be the tools used. You know, Various gospel tools might work better in the States compared okay. to South Asia, but the strategy is all the same. And so we're going to be able to hit the ground running we're going to be able to get there and within weeks go we'll start working with nationals start sharing the gospel start meeting with people in their houses and start discipleships because we've been preparing that here in the states so really all the thing you need to do is is figure out language on your own time but mm. ideally translators will help as well because you're you're bringing a translator along you're you're discipling them also yeah that that's that's cool I, i'm wondering we, we've talked about the first 6 months i'm now i'm thinking what about one or two generations in the future? If you, if you were able to look out and say, I think this is what God's going to do over the next couple of generations, do you, have, do you have a picture of what that might be? Oh, man. Yeah, I kind of do. I don't know what the timeline looks like, but I sure. do know that I think, I, I think God has a plan for South Asia. And, and, I, and I think it is, from what I can just imagine, is, is how cool would it be? And this is probably God working, but... To, to have missionaries from South Asia come to the States. Like mm. that, that is what I think God's going to be doing in, in, in the generations to come is, is there's going to be missionaries from South Asia that, that God is growing over there so fast that they're going to end up coming to the States. That would be awesome. I mean, just to see an area with the lowest amount of Christianity right now developed in such a way where, where, where missionaries are coming out of that, out of those countries. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a great vision. As you think about your your work with national leaders, you'll be working, I think, primarily with people who are national, which is which is great. Huge thumbs up right there. Is there anything that you're doing to make sure that when you when you bring the gospel, that you're not encumbering it with anything that's culturally related to the United States? That you're just bringing the good news of Christ. Yeah, the biggest thing is simplicity. You know, a lot of times, even as Americans, I, I, I struggled with myself when I was in Bible college, you know, we make things very complicated <laughs> yeah. thinking we know, yeah, thinking it, it, 
it might be easier for someone, but we're actually making it more and more complicated. It's as simple as just going straight to the gospel and, and preaching what Jesus preached, preaching what Paul preached. Mm-hmm. They kept it simple. And so using their model, that's the idea is you keep it very simple. And that kind of going back to cultural, that's another positive of a translator is they, you know, they are nationals. They have some cultural context that we do not have, and they'll be able to, to correct anything that might be going awry. But the, the, the whole thing is just make sure you keep it simple. That's how things will get reproduced because yeah. that's the whole idea is that we reproduce so multiplication can happen. Addition will not, will not get there. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that. What, as you think about your time so far, you've, you know, you're, you're a pastor at a church, you're preparing to go overseas, but you've certainly seen some challenges in your times, even doing student ministry. When, when things get tough, what is it that excites you or fuels your passion or keeps you going? Yeah. So just the general, something that truly, truly excites me is seeing new believers, seeing the, the hope that, that new believers have, the, the love of God that they experience for the first time, that hope that they get for the first time when they understand what Christ did and what they have now because of that sacrifice. Seeing their light, their, their eyes light up and with that with that love and with that hope, the experience of those for the first time is something that truly lights lights me up. Of course, student ministry is a, is a passion of mine. So specifically students, students that, that figure out, that understand that that love of Christ, that hope of Christ, and then take it to someone else. That's going to be the thing of all that, that lights me up. Uh, a, someone younger than myself that's willing to go further than I've ever gone and, and you know, take it to the next person and, and pass it along. That's what lights me yeah. up. If you were to look back over your years of experience so far, what's one thing that we might be able to take from your experience to be more effective yeah. in, in, our, in our lives and ministries? Biggest thing that I've been learning, still learning, uh, have learned is is boldness. It's all about the boldness. I know uh, personally, and what I can kind of generate from Americans is is we're scared of being bold. I was scared of being bold, and the more and more I read Jesus through Jesus's story, through Paul, uh, it's obvious that neither one of them had a problem of being bold, even even overly bold. And and I think we we've been lied to by Satan so much that that you know, don't be too bold or you're going to scare them off. Well, the Holy Spirit is bigger than our boldness and, or than you know, however bold we could be. And so I think it's time for us to, to, to be much more bold than we truly are or, or think we can, things too far. It's time to go there and, you know, not to a disrespectful area, but, but, but be bold. Don't be afraid to be a little pushy because we see that in Paul. We see that in Jesus. So, so if you were talking to somebody right now who struggled with boldness and you were looking for a way to encourage them to step out, is there an activity, an exercise, something that you would encourage them to do so that they can step out effectively in boldness, not in presumption, but actually following God's leading? Yeah, something that I've been, something that, that we've been, my friends and I, the, the church and I have been doing is something very, very uncomfortable for most Christians, and that's going out. And maybe not necessarily knocking on doors. Sometimes it is going to a neighborhood, going to an apartment complex, knocking on doors and offering to pray and offering to share the gospel with Mm. random strangers that you do not know. Sometimes it's just go to a park and do the same thing. Go intentionally to someone you know or do not know and and do it. That's something that we've been doing as a church is going to apartment complexes 
And I know it sounds weird knocking on a door cold, you know, some call it cold calling, but it's, it, we've seen so much success from it. Some of these people that will never step in a church, we find them at their door. And, and so that's how, <laughs> that's how I've been able to get a little more bold each time as you go straight to them and, and you share at their doorstep and you, you know, you ask them where they are, you know, how, mm. where are you in, in your relationship with Jesus, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like that. And I see I see two benefits, right? One is that somebody who maybe needs prayer and wouldn't come to a church for whatever reason, maybe somebody who's not aware, has never even heard the name of Jesus, gets the opportunity to hear that. But then also there's a person who maybe previously didn't step out, who was previously timid, who's having a life-transforming experience. Can, can you share how you've seen that kind of experience change somebody's life? Yeah, I've seen both sides of it. The changed life of the one stepping out, stepping into the uncomfortable. They go and, and they, they begin talking to someone who, who you know, has a rough past, is at their rock bottom. And, mm. and God provided that person, you know, the person stepping out in boldness, provided them at the correct moment that this person at the door just breaks down and says, I am, I'm in brokenness. I need something better. Mm. And, you know, they, they, they just, they, they have nothing left and they become, they become Christians right there on the door. And that changes the life of both changes the life of the person, of course, in the house, in the room, because they have now accepted Christ. But it also changes the person at the door that, that walked up to the door because it's, it's a whole new experience when you, when you're in front of someone that completely breaks down, has no hope and then finds that hope. And it does bring more boldness because you, you've seen what God can do. So now mm. you, you take that and you take the next step. And so there's, there's two sides of it that, that are both, both people grow. We've seen it all. I mean, it, it's amazing what Christ can do when we just step into the uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so we've, we've been talking for a little bit now about lostness and need as well as resource and stepping out in boldness, right? So there's, there's the need of the person who hasn't heard or who just needs to receive some kind of ministry. And then there's also a need on the other side of somebody who actually needs to walk in obedience to God. One of the things as we were emailing that you shared about is that there's a pretty big disparity. There's a a section of the world, the 1040 window, where there's a, a huge number of people who are lost and don't have any hope. And there's not a whole lot of resource going there. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. From the statistics that I've pulled that I've seen, really only 3.3% of all missionaries outside the United States that go outside the States end up in the 1040 window. And that's you know Middle East, North Africa, South Asia. That's that area that, that there are more people in that area than the rest of the world. But only 3.3% of missionaries end up there. Only one penny of every dollar given to missions ends up in that area. And one, one out of 10 Bibles ends up in that area. It's just the forgotten, the most difficult place to live, the most difficult place to minister. And, and so that's a place that is known as, as a struggling area for Christianity. Yeah. So, so if somebody's been listening to this and they're thinking, you know, maybe God hasn't called me to go, but he's called me to send. And I'm hearing this need for, for resources and for people to go to this particular area of the world, but maybe they don't know 
enough to know whether or not their giving would be responsible. They, they want to do so responsibly. They want to be involved responsibly. What's one thing you would encourage them to do so that they can really know that what they're doing is making a positive impact? The biggest thing is, is you know, look at where you're giving. Look at your giving statements. Look at what your giving is going to. The biggest and the, the main idea is that you're giving to the mission. You're giving to God's mission is, and what that is, is that his glory is spread throughout the whole earth. So is your giving accomplishing that? Is it helping that process? I know specifically in our, in the States, you know, if you're near or in a a major city in North America, um, you can find people that are, that are, are following the same strategy that I am, that, that are doing what I've been talking about tonight in the major cities. It, it's a movement that it's no place left movement. It's, it's encompassing the world right now. And so if you're in, a, in one of these cities, go to uh, noplaceleft.net and, and you can find people that are in your city that are doing this and, and you know, touch base with them. Join, join them. You know, step out in boldness with them. Another one's joshuaproject.org. It deals a lot with unreached people groups, groups of people that don't have a chance to hear who Jesus is and and there's ways to pray and I think give to them as well. And then of course, last time mean, you can always contact me. I, I am open for, for email, phone, whatever. And I, I'd love to be able to talk to those people and, and get them in touch in, in other ways too. Cool. Yeah. We had somebody on from the Joshua Project a few weeks ago to talk about that. That's a, that's a great resource that's available. And I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that. You've talked about the the No Place Left, the Joshua Project. Are there any other resources or books that you would recommend for people who are listening? <laughs> yeah, uh, number one, the Bible. And I, I know this sounds sounds kind of funny and sounds like a you know a churchy answer, but that's the biggest thing. That's that's what we're completely revolving around mm. is as we're re- rediscovering Jesus. We're rediscovering what he modeled, what Paul modeled. We're looking through the books of Acts and looking at Paul's missionary journeys and, and we're rediscovering these these tools, these these strategies that they used and that's what's creating the movement. Another one would be the No Place Left Four Fields Manual, something that, sh- that details the strategy out and, vi- and it's very detailed there. Steve Addison is an author that is fully on board this and, and he writes one book specifically, What Jesus Started, that really has helped move things along. And, and lastly, a T for T by Steve Smith and Ying Kai, Trainers for Trainers. Um, that's the idea of reproduction, multiplication. You train someone who can train, you know, discipling disciples. So those are some some things specifically, of course, is, is the Bible. But those are some resources that, that I have seen help for sure. Yeah, definitely. And f- and for those of you who are listening, we will have those linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Jacob. So you can go right there, find links to all of those. That way you don't have to try and text yourself while you're driving to work or while you're working out. You can can actually have those resources right there. Jacob, as we're getting ready to, to draw this to a close, I'm wondering, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you'd really like to have an opportunity to talk with us about? The biggest thing is what we're doing is simple. That's the whole idea. And that's what we see in Jesus. That's what we see in Paul is that he made sure things were reproducible because that's how we're going to see God's glory spread throughout the whole earth is, is that we send it to someone, give them the ability to send it to someone else and, and continue on without us grabbing the credit, without us being around. But that multiplication happens. Mm-hmm. We have a, an acrostic called MAL, M-A-W-L, and that's model, assist, you know, model something for someone, help them do it. 
watch them do it, and then launch them out to do it. And so that's the whole idea that that we keep what we do simple. There's lots of gospel sharing tools. There's lots of discipleship tools, but most of which are too complex to multiply, too Mm -hmm. complex to reproduce. So whatever you do, make sure, and there's not one specific tool that's correct, but whatever it is, make sure that it's simple enough that person, a new believer that just accepted can take it to his friends, his network, and and teach it and pass it on. Ah, great stuff. Jacob, if somebody's listening right now, they wanted to take a minute just to pray for you. What would you ask for prayer for? Yeah, of course, like I've been talking about more boldness. I could always use more boldness. <laughs> Another one would be a smooth transition to overseas to South Asia. My wife is pregnant right now, and we could always be praying for health for her and, and for the, the baby. And then the vision keeps growing, keeps growing here in the States, keeps growing around the world. Mm. God's glory is opened up. And and then lastly is that hearts, hearts are open to the gospel. We're going in, a, in an area that's not easy. Not The hearts are, are not easily opened. And so I, I pray that hearts are opened over there and locally where we are as well. Yeah, definitely. And and I would like to encourage you to just take a minute to do that. Go ahead and pause this. You can always come back, but take a minute to pray for Jacob and his family right now, because I know from my experience, if you leave it for later, there's a good chance you're going to forget. And I want you to be able to be part of God doing in this, this in their lives. Pray for that boldness. Pray for the open hearts. Pray for strategies and for a move of the Holy Spirit to open people's eyes because we we can do this stuff, but it's really God who draws them to himself. So pray for those things. I I know that I appreciate it and I believe Jacob would as well. Now, Jacob, I I just want to say thank you so much. This has been an absolutely wonderful time. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh, thank you for having me on and just letting me share my heart for sure. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to Jacob for taking the time to do this. I really appreciated it. I loved our conversation. I hope that you found it valuable as well. I'd also like to thank Jeff and Gabby for the work that they do to make this show possible. I really appreciate what they bring to the table. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Jacob. Or if you're listening in your favorite podcast app, just tap or swipe or however it is that you get to the show notes. And then make sure if you need to that you click on through and you'll find the full show notes right there on the website. Not only will you have ways to subscribe, which of course you probably already are, as well as links to connect with our guests, some quotes, some some resources, whatever we talked about is going to be available for you right there at engagingmissions.com. Make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be talking with our guests about some recent transitions that they've walked through, how they've seen discipleship really transform a family that hadn't previously really been engaged, and also how our guest involves his family in discipleship. I think it's going to be a great conversation that you're really going to enjoy. If you haven't already subscribed, visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe, and then just choose your favorite podcast app whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or subscribing on Android or getting it in the email, whatever it is that you want to find, you'll find it right there at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. I really look forward to connecting with you in a couple of weeks.